Welcome to the Ward 3 Etobicoke Lakeshore virtual debate brought to you by This Time in History. I am your host, Matthew. With me is my co-host, Ebony. Hello. And today is also being sponsored by our not-for-profit. It's called Triumph Over Trauma. It's a foundation. It's meant to put an end to the unfortunate red tape that exists in accessing free mental health therapy for the people of Ontario. Uh, they're in their funding stage right now. If you go and find them on Instagram or Twitter, you'll find their GoFundMe page. Please share it. And let's put an end to this ridiculous uh, mental health situation we have here in Ontario. So this is the debate. You're, uh, we have Marco Valley here and Bonnie Hugh. I hope I said that right. Um, you're each going to get a two-minute uh, opening statement. And uh, if any other candidates join in, we'll uh, introduce them when they, when they come in. So, Marco, you were here first. Why don't you start us off? And then, Bonnie, you can have two minutes after that. Go ahead, Marco. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Matthew. Uh, thanks for hosting this debate. I'm really excited for it. Uh, so about myself, I, my name is Marco Valley. I'm running for city council for Ward 3, Etobicoke Lakeshore. Uh, I do live here in Etobicoke with my wife and my, my child. I have a 16-month-old son. Uh, I also work in the area. I've worked in the area since 2009 uh, with the military. I've been in the Army since 2003. I've worked in a very specialized role in the infantry at my unit in Etobicoke. Uh, and then more recently, I've switched over to headquarters uh, just before COVID hit, uh, where I've worked in operations and training. And I get used there as a specialty instructor as well. Um, all that really to bring me to kind of what got me into politics and specifically this race. Um, I, I live in the area. I've walked through the neighborhood with my wife and we've noticed the increase in the housing, increase in the buildings, the high rises uh, all the way throughout. It's a, it's a huge ward, right? Bloor to the lake, 427 to the Humber River. Uh, but we didn't notice an increase in the supporting underlying infrastructure. Uh, and so naturally, like I, being a curious person, I started looking into it and, and it really didn't add up. Uh, I noticed how underserved we've been for so long um, that we've almost become okay with it. Uh, and then that research is what got me more and more into this. And it made me realize that I needed to do something. And for me, that something was get involved in my community in the way that it's actually managed. Uh, you know, in my strengths, my suits, operations, management, project management, logistics, like, that's what I'm really good at. Uh, and that's how I can contribute to my community. That's how I can make it a better place, not for myself or just for myself, but for everyone, right? Um, through the army, that's what I've had to do. Uh, I have people that rely on me and people that I rely on. Uh, and it's done through trust. It's done by empowering people to the best of their ability uh, and the things that they're best capable of accomplishing. Uh, and for me, this is very in line with my skill sets and the experiences that I've had uh, professionally and even in my personal life leading up to here, right? Uh, so thank you. Thank you. And, and Bonnie, go ahead. Uh, hi, my name is Bonnie Hu. Uh, I have a degree in linguistics from the University of Toronto, and I'm doing a second degree in urban studies. Uh, I believe I am the youngest uh, candidate on the ballot. Uh, I am, uh, I identify as a younger millennial and I straddle the line between millennial and Gen Z. And I believe my generation is underrepresented in politics. 
And I have been an essential retail worker for the past five years, but I quit in the past few months. I am currently a full-time student and my interest right now is municipal politics. And I believe uh, North American cities are poorly designed compared to say Asian cities. And I hope uh, some of the amenities from elsewhere in the world can be brought to Toronto. So that would look like more subways, um, streets that aren't so wide, uh, more walkable designed, more walkable designs, uh, and also mixed use zoning instead of the single family zoning we see so often, which is what I think a waste of space. And also I support better, better mental health supports. Uh, I see many people who are who experience homelessness and they use the TTC as shelter, which is ridiculous. I, I have even heard of students using the TTCS shelter instead of having an actual living space at times. Uh, housing costs are way too much. And as a renter, I am worried that I might be priced out of the city one day. And I would like to stay in the city because all my friends are here. I have been in the greater Toronto area for the past 11 years. Uh, so uh, I hope that uh, there would be some change in the upcoming election as the incumbents stay in power for way too long. And I hope there are some younger contestants who are elected so that there are more fresh ideas. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, Ebony, we're going to shake it up. We're going to start with our crime question. Uh, why don't you ask yours, then I'll ask mine, and then they can both answer. Bonnie, you go first, and then Marco, you uh, uh, close it up. And then if you disagree, you guys, you guys can debate. So uh, Ebony, go ahead. All right. Um, in terms of crime and different ways to reduce it, I'm curious about your ideas for urban planning. Um, how would you utilize urban planning to reduce crime in our neighborhoods? And my question would be one of the mayoral candidates, should he be elected, wants to bring back carting for a tool, uh, as a tool for police to use. Uh, how do you respond to this and why? Uh, go ahead, Bonnie. Uh, I am against carting. I have been approached by police. To there was this one time where these cops thought I was a teenage runaway for some reason. Uh, it's a violation of privacy. I'm against it. And as for uh, urban design, I believe it all goes back to housing. Uh, a lot of the people who I see who are troubled may have not have a home and that may contribute to crime because they are desperate for their essential needs, such as food. Uh, 
I believe that it, it all comes back to poor zoning and how developments are not designed for the people, but for cars. So that's it. Thank you. Marco, go ahead. Okay, um, so I'll start with the uh, the crime as well, to be honest with you. Uh, I equally disagree with it. Uh, the idea of carding uh, hasn't been shown to be effective. Uh, if anything, it's been used, uh, even if it inadvertently, it's been used uh, as a tool that has resulted in discrimination in a lot of ways, uh, and that alone makes it unacceptable, right? Uh, so right off the hop, I, I can't get behind an idea that'll support something like that, uh, unless they had like, oh, well, this very definitive, you know, study or whatever will prove, like, sure, maybe open, but realist let's be honest like nothing that definitive is ever really going to come out uh so to me the idea is effectively shot down uh right there um you know could it be approached to inspire something else maybe sure but not really no so so that's a no-go for me um now with ways to reduce crime uh, i think that has to again still have to do with the underlying infrastructure in that like we're already in where we are right like a great example is the eglinton lrt it's not in our ward so it's, it's easy to talk about you know, love it or hate it, you can't stop it. You need to finish it. You got to button that up. Um, and so that's where the urban planning comes in. Like there's a few situations we're already in. You can't go backwards. You can't reverse them. So we got to plan around them and, and make better use of what we already have in terms of the resources remaining and what's going to come next, right? You know, our education dollars are building us new schools, uh, but one of them is a teardown of an existing school and the other one's a renovation of an existing school. I don't consider that to be two new schools by any stretch. Right. So if we start planning for people to have uh, amenities and facilities that they need to live a, a, a fulfilling life, uh, regardless of what that may be, right? Different things prioritize different things. Sorry, different people prioritize different things. Everyone should be allowed to pursue whatever it is that makes them happy, uh, right? Obviously, within reason and all those good things. Uh, but our planning doesn't allow that. We don't have enough pools. We don't have enough parks. We don't have enough arenas. We don't have enough spaces for people. We're putting up towers that'll bring up in, bring in more people. Uh, and we're not doing anything to the surrounding things that'll keep them happy, that if they're happy and their needs are fulfilled, they won't resort to crime. Like no one's choosing crime. No one's going, yeah, you know what? This university thing's real difficult. Like crime's looking really good. It's, it's a very deliberate thing that happens and people fall into it. And we need to prevent that. And if we can't prevent it, help them get out of it. I really like that. Um, you guys seem to be in agreement, so... <laughs> is there anything you, you either of you wanted to add or do you want to move on to the next uh the next set let's move on uh, i'm good okay um ebony uh what uh we'll save city culture uh city hall culture for last but uh you pick the next topic go ahead um i was in crisis then um <clears throat> oh yeah i guess by default that's the only one left <laughs> Yeah. So um, my question is, um, in terms of looking for places to place the unhoused, should abandoned buildings be reappropriated for affordable housing? And then my question would be, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to remember my question. Uh, no, it's um, uh, in terms of uh, ideas of what we can do. Uh, how, what's your position on legalization of rooming houses? And what was the other one? Uh, was it Sorry? Was it zoning? Like, um, or no, what no. Uh, the um, condo builders? 
No, but we'll just we'll just we'll just stick with uh, what's your position on. Uh, so there's Ebony's question, and then what's your position on uh, legalizing rooming houses? Okay, I guess I go first. Sh sure. Yeah, and then Bonnie, you'll finish this one off. Okay. Um, so with regards to the unhoused, um, should we specifically uh, reappropriate abandoned properties? Uh, I don't know if that exactly would be my first choice, to be totally honest. Um, I think there's other solutions that are a little bit more cost effective because taking something that's been abandoned probably to the point of dereliction and then bringing that back um, is at a minimum like capital and labor intensive, but can also be like once you open it up, like who knows what's in those walls kind of things, right? Uh, and, you know, doubly so for the, for the foundation supply, like what's bringing in the water, what's that made out of. So that specific example, like maybe, maybe not, probably not realistically, uh, but the idea of things that are, oh, well, it's just not profitable, then yeah, like if it's not profitable, why, why shouldn't the government step in and provide a service for the, the citizens, right? Like that's the function of government. Uh, so I'm completely for it. Uh, I find that these, these times where corporations are like, well, you know, it's just not profitable. Like that shouldn't be an excuse. Like, perfect. The government will step in. It's not profitable. Let us do it. Uh, and, and that's where we need to get more efe efficient with the use of our dollars, uh, allowing us to get more on top of those kinds of things. Right. Uh, and then it kind, of, it kind of takes us towards the rooming houses. Cause like, I'm all about like, yeah, let's, let's increase the ability to create supply because like, it, it's not going to be developers getting us out of this problem. Right. Uh, not for better, not for worse, but it's not, they're not going to pull us out of this. Uh, and so legalizing more ways for people to create supply, including rooming houses, uh, I totally support, but I need, I believe the other half of that is enforcement bylaws, right? Just because someone made a rooming house doesn't mean that they should be able to make this crazy profit and also run it like a slumlord, right? We, we need to, and it's not a new mechanism. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We need to hire more bylaw enforcement. So when residents complain, it's handled in a timely fashion because the person lives there. Like, and even if it's frivolous, like perfect. We have enough people to go look into it really quickly and it'll go away just as quickly. Like, so the enforcement side of it is the side that I feel gets left behind. And then it's the residents that are left picking up the pieces. And usually it's the lower income, it's the disadvantaged, it's the marginalized. It's them who are like, oh, well, you have a problem. Just like make a big noise about it. Uh, completely defeating the purpose of the government running that in the first place. Uh, so that's kind of where I stand on that. Thank you. Bonnie, go ahead. Uh, I believe abandoned buildings should be considered when it comes to housing people who are unhoused because any increase in supply is a good thing. And as for rooming houses, the same thing. Uh, uh, as, as a renter myself who rents yeah, the on the bottom run, rung of the ladder. Uh, I enjoy ha being able to afford what I rent, especially having been a low income earner for years. And is it especially important for people who, for example, are escaping a bad relationship or an abusive family to be able to rent just a room? It's something I have personal experience with. Uh, I think that's it. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> if you, if there's anything you guys want to add on this topic, go ahead. Otherwise, we'll move on. Uh, you know, what? I'll add one little quick thing, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, no problem. Uh, just something that like, I believe something that can help us with increasing supply, because that is our biggest problem, is the red tape we have around small property owners. And I mean like actual homeowners, right? Uh, you know, someone who owns their house and like maybe one more, right? Nothing insane, nothing crazy. I'm not talking to people who own 10, 15, 20, 30 developers, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, that's a different neighborhood, not at all. But like, I find that the smaller property owners, uh, they have so much red tape, so much bureaucracy between having their home. And it could be even just renovating for themselves. I'm not going to try to exclude that either. Uh, you know, create a second class out of that because there shouldn't be. But creating their own space, creating space for them and others, renting it out entirely. It's incredibly difficult. And the customer service side of it is very disappointing for the homeowner. I've heard that from tons of people that they'd love to, you know, rent out their basement, do a garden suite, do things of that nature. But the red tape is holding them up so much that like, forget getting it done. They can't even get it started. Uh, and, you know, a lot of builders now telling them that, you know, get the permits and I'm in that type of stuff, which I, I'm not going to say this is going to, you know, snap the, snap the fingers, just solves the problem in two years, but it would increase our supply. And I think it would be noticeable. Uh, especially with how parabolic our, 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 our market has gone, right? Like even the idea of downsizing, what, like you can't downsize to move out of the city to leave family money because like there's no money left over after you go to, because it's all, it's everything's gone crazy, right? And so our whole world has kind of shifted on that lens. And so if we can make our current spaces more accessible in that way, I think people would be very keen to it. I think people want that. I think they're just having a lot of hard time or having a difficult time getting that and having a difficult time uh, in our world, at least communicating that. Thank you. Excellent. Actually, it reminds me, Matt, I think your original question had been, um, should we install the zoning, I guess, of tiny homes? I think it was uh, regarding tiny homes because when this fellow just there was talking about um, homeowners not being able to get past the red tape, I think that was a big thing. Um, it, I'm in Kitchener currently, and I think we just approved the um, building of tiny homes in laneways or like uh, backyards. So. Okay big thing for builders here for homeowners rather to increase single home dwellings and like little apartments for bachelors and put more of that on the market for students and yeah single mothers I, I loved the other point that the other candidate made about uh, domestic violence there needs to be more housing available for single mothers and their small children on the run you know a lot of places are very prejudiced against mothers in general especially when they see they have babes in arms they're like oh that's going to be loud it's a perfect uh, example, though, to put them in a, like a tiny home shed at the end of the driveway where they're not really bothering anybody. And I think that would be really freeing for that demographic. Absolutely. And uh, to finish it up, uh, the last topic is uh, City Hall culture. Uh, you go ahead, Ebony, and then I'll, I'll uh, ask my question. All right. Um, mine would be, in your opinion, do city councillors receive too many perks? in terms of the housing allowances they get, the TTC pass, parks pass, free parking, et cetera. And Mike, uh, you know what, actually we got time. Why don't you guys, because that deserves an answer by itself and then I'll ask mine because I don't want mine to overshadow <laughs> Ebony's. Uh, go ahead, uh, Bonnie, you, you go first and then Marco, you can finish it off. Uh, yes, I do believe that they have too many perks. Uh, I have to pay for my own TTC fare and I am a low income earner compared to, is it 1,000 to 18,000? No, 180, $18,000 they earn a year on city council. I, I believe that's the figure. 
So, and I earn a tiny fraction of that and I have to pay for my own fare. I believe that there's something wrong with that possibly. And also free parks pass. I don't even have that much time to go to parks where I might have to pay for it. So it's not, that's not, it's a world that I am completely unfamiliar with as someone who does not work in government. So yes, I, I think city councilors have too many perks based on, based on what I have heard. Thank you. So Go ahead, Marco. Uh, so yes, I, I believe city councilors get too many perks. Um, it, I, I understand the balance is supposed to be that, you know, you pay them well enough that they can't be corrupted. Um, and then that's supposed to like, resist the citation all that. But the problem is that like, we're having counselors that are going with the flow and, and it's, you know, even if you, there's no mechanism through which people are able to show dis, disapproval other than the following election, which at minimum puts them four years into the future, right? They got to keep that job, keep the perks of what's going on um, despite performance. Uh, and that's where I think it gets really weird, right? Like the absenteeism in some of the counselors is, is very high and at any other job, like there's no way you're showing up on Monday after that. Um, but for them, there's not even a talking to, right? Uh, it, it's the accountability side of it that I find so uh, jaw-dropping, uh, too truthfully. They, they, you know, you want to tell me, yeah, hey, you know what, they get free TTC. Okay, cool, but, like, they also don't even take it to work because they park for free, too. Like, what do you mean you park for free and you take the TTC for free? You can't use both on the same day. Like, what are you talking about, right? And then further that, like, sometimes they don't even show up to work in the first place. So, like, awesome, you got both of them for free. You made use of none of them and you got your salary. Like, what just happened there, right? Uh, and so to me, it's the accountability piece that is, is jaw dropping to me, you know, like to me, yeah, okay, fine. I get it. You're not supposed to be in city hall every single day. Awesome. You're supposed to be meeting your constituents. So then like, why don't I know my counselor? Right. If you're it, like, if my, sure. If I get upset enough as a constituent, it's my duty to seek out my representative and, and tell them that I'm upset, but it's my representative's job to come and meet me and get out and see the community. Right, like if you told me that they were using this TTC every day to go meet someone, like awesome. But I bet if we wrote that down, like that isn't the case, right? And that's where like, what are we doing here, right? Well, how are we allowing pe people in general the ability to receive stuff? And then on the other side, we're not like, well, hey, like any type of check or balance or accounting on it, like what happened over here? Uh, and, and it comes back to the same thing we have over and over, right? That missing middle. Uh, and if you're here in this particular case, we're talking about accountability. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I'll ask my question and then Marco, you can go and Bonnie, you can finish us off. Um, so there's a public outcry to fire interim city manager, Tracy Cook. Uh, how do you respond to this and why? And the, before you answer, the reason that there's the outcry is because um, the encampments, the removal of the encampments happened under her watch and she's taken full responsibility for them. And uh, now there's the outcry for her to be fired. Go ahead, Marco. Sorry, I'm just writing down to keep myself on track. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so the, the first part, and it's it's not to excuse or dismiss any of it. The, the first part is, is taking in 
just because a message has gotten popular, it doesn't mean it should or shouldn't happen, right? But it needs to be weighed on its own merits. Um, so I just, I, and I say that to start because like, you know, if elected, I'll be in a position where things will come up, maybe through the media, maybe through the constituents, but usually not through both, right? And so just because it shows up in one doesn't necessarily mean like, cool, like there it is, right? Uh, and so you always got to take a step backwards. Um, with that, I also want to say like, I'm, to tell you, I'm 100% up to date with, with her involvement. I'm not going to pretend to either. Um, but based on the limited parts that I do know, uh, someone just saying, oh, well, this is all my fault, 100% my fault, like, that's okay, I'll take the blame for it, is also not an answer. And, and the reality is, like, if, if, if they were so wrong that it's 100% and everyone's like, well, like, there it is. Well, like, what about all the people in the middle that were just like, yep, yep, let's keep going, let's keep going, right? And that's that missing middle of accountability. Like, don't get me wrong, like, should that be the case? Like, she's getting fired too. But like, it's not just one person, like the encampments, the way they got removed, the actions that happened, it wasn't one person determining it. And everyone else was like, well, what else could we possibly do? Right. Uh, and, and so great. You've taken full responsibility. Like, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, if it's as accurate as it sounds like, then yeah, cool. You're ready. But there's the people below you who just nodded along and pushed these, like, you don't, no one just hits forward on an email, right? You don't have a filter on. If you had a filter on just pushing it, you're not even at work. Like, tell me which one's worse. I guess we have two problems now, right? So these messages are getting passed on. You know, maybe they get softened, maybe they get amended, but like, that means someone noticed it along the way and just didn't put an end to it either. And that's a problem. That's a huge problem, especially when it's the government, right? Because that's the person who's supposed to be the check and balance for all of us against the other thing, the bigger mechanism. And if that's not there, then we have a totally secondary problem going back to accountability. So like, should she be removed? Yeah, okay, let's let's do it. It sounds like it's, you know, she takes full responsibility, awesome. But like, it's not just one person that caused all of that. And we need to look into that as well. And it doesn't mean everyone's getting fired. You know, sometimes a written, hey, don't do that again, is all it takes. But like, those have to happen too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, go, go ahead, Bonnie. Uh, I don't know enough about the situation to have an opinion on whether this, this individual should be fired, but when it comes to encampments, the fact that there were encampments in the first place is a failure of the system. And uh, uh, the people who lived in the parks, uh, if they liked, if that's what they had to do, I, I would say uh, they, they should have had the right to. And, but the, the removement was violent and there were cops beating people who were part of that, which is a huge problem. Uh, and we don't even know where the people who lived in these encampments ended up. Um, I really hope they did have better housing afterwards. Uh, it, it's just an issue that has been going on too long when it comes to homelessness. Uh, so that's my opinion. Thank you so much. And uh, so now we're going to close it out. And I want you guys to, um, this is, this is going to be on YouTube. So basically, you know, this is, this is another opportunity to speak to not only the listeners of, of, the podcast, but the general voting public, uh, this is going to be shared on all the social media. So 
tell them why you should be the, the next counselor for Ward 3 Etobicoke Lakeshore. Don't forget to include your website uh, where they can find your literature. And um, you know what? Let's do ladies first. Bonnie, you go ahead. And then Marco, you close us out. Uh, my campaign websites are Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I usually post on Twitter. And my handle is on all three platforms is HU, uh, word four, uh, and word three. No, yeah, eight. Who for who for word three? And why I should be next counselor? Uh, I believe as a young person, I have some fresh ideas that a lot of the career counselors don't have, especially if they've been in the, their positions for decades. Um, and I also have some ideas that uh, were influenced by other cities that I believe Toronto is lacking in. And as a young person, I understand firsthand the despair that a lot of us have when it comes to housing and also mental health supports, for example. And I, I am saddened whenever my friends leave the city because they're priced out of it. I really think people should live where they want to live. And I hope to make some changes that would make the city more livable for the next generations. Thank you. Marco, go ahead. Okay, uh, thank you very much for, for inviting me and, and hosting this. Uh, I want to start with that. Uh, I also, so my, uh, my Instagram and my Twitter both have the same handle. Uh, they're at vote for the number four, Marco Valley. So that's vote, V-O-T-E, four, number four, Marco Valley, M-A-R-C-O-V-A-L-L-E. Uh, I will apologize to everybody on Twitter. Uh, I'm awful. Limiting me to 160 characters is obviously my Achilles heel. Not a chance on earth that I can figure that out. Um, so, you know, Instagram is where I'm primarily most active uh, because it lets me go as long as I want. Uh, Twitter, I promise I'm going to get better with it. Uh, I also have a Facebook, uh, Vote Marco Valley. So it's the same, but without the four, Vote Marco Valley. My website is the same as the Instagram, Vote for number four, MarcoValley.ca. Uh, and I think I'd be, I think the next counselor, or I'd be great for the next counselor because I, I bring a different perspective to this. I, uh, I'm a fresh face, I'm a fresh voice. Uh, I'm unafraid of to what the, what the movements of City Hall will, will require uh, because I'm used to stepping into the unknown, right? Uh, my professional experience does allow me to look at problems that people in the city may look at differently, right? I, I have that outside the box perspective uh, because I did do something a little bit different, right? Uh, and so I think that's what's gonna help me with, honestly taking, like the status quo isn't working. And that's why we need a fresh face. That's why we need a new voice. That's why we need that outside of the box perspective, you know, to put a second viewpoint on something. And you're like, oh, now that we're looking at this from all sides, like let's actually tackle these problems, right? Let's get ahead of these things and let's start anticipating what we need to take care of uh, instead of like at best reacting to the thing where like, oh, wow, we really needed that five years ago, right? And by the time it breaks ground and by, by the time it becomes a thing, well, we've already got two, three, four new problems that have shown up because, well, we're not getting ahead of any of them, right? We need that, uh, that strategic, efficient planning. Uh, and, I, and I bring that perspective, that experience to the table 
Uh, and that's why I think that I'd be perfect to bring change uh, and to allow access to City Hall for the residents of Ward 3 uh, to get the services that they need and that they want. That was great. Thank you. And um, Ebony, do you have anything to add before we close it out? No, I think that was very well construed. I, I really feel that we hit a lot of different important topics and that each candidate was very well versed. Well, thank you. And uh, listen, guys, on behalf of the podcast and, and, and Ebony as well, I just want to thank you guys for coming out and, and, and doing this, even if it, you know, it's, it's, it's virtual. Um, we're trying to affect change. As I've said before, you guys have heard me say, the only way to affect change is to be part of it. And this is my way to be part of it. This is my way of giving back to this city that I love so much. And I've watched go to hell. And if I can be a small acorn of change for this city, uh, I'm that's, that's enough for me. And uh, I, I want to thank you guys again so much for coming out. This is going to be on YouTube. This is going to be on Spotify eventually. Um, but it'll be on YouTube right away. And uh, again, thank you. You guys know uh, Ward 3 will always uh, hold a special place in my heart as a former uh, resident. And I wish you guys nothing but luck um, on your campaign trails. And I'm excited to see what happens next. And just thank you. Thank you guys so much.